Hello again, Dwayne Brummett here with Ali Albarigo, SchoolOwnerTalk.com. Ali, good to be with you, sir. Yeah, also with you, Dwayne. It's great to be on the line with you on a Monday and get started. Yeah, so uh, you uh, celebrate Mother's Day, and, and uh, your mom's in Florida. My mom is in Florida, sent her some flowers. She's going to be coming up to visit soon, which is awesome. I can't wait. She's going to stay with me for about a month and a half during my daughter's graduation from high school to going away to college. Um, but we went out to my girlfriend's uh, mother's house. On um, She lives way out east on the island, all the way almost at the end of Long Island, where it's like almost a 45-minute drive from my home uh, to go out east. And uh, we spent a typical Italian uh, you know, classical Italian Mother's Day, you know, lots of food, you know, yelling and screaming and fun and, you know, that kind of thing. And uh, it was it was good. We had a good time. That's fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was, it so, was awesome. Yeah, we always go to my mom's house for uh, for lunch and then we have uh, my wife's family over for dinner. So we, we do awesome. a two for every every uh, holiday. Oh, that's great. Yeah, it's good. I mean, I um, I don't really have a big family anymore. I have my mom left with me, some cousins, you know, spread out throughout the country, but that's really about it. So, I mean, uh, my girlfriend's family is, you know, a big family, so it reminds me a lot of what it used to be when I was a kid growing up, so it's kind of a good memory bringing it back, but, uh, you know, those, you know, the big sit around the tables and just talk about, you know, everything and everything, uh, anything and everything. It's just interesting, and uh, I enjoy it. Good. Well, let's yeah. uh, get on to our topic today. Um, I'm uh, excited about our topic. Everybody likes talking about marketing and getting new students, but this one specifically is uh, the five, busi- bi- the five <laughs> biggest mistakes uh, people make uh, with marketing. Okay, so the five yeah. biggest marketing mistakes people make. And this, is, uh, we, this title actually is taken right out of your book. Um, uh, what, it's 101. Yeah, uh, you no, got it there. This is 101. I'm, 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 I'm yeah, holding it up right arts, now. You got there the, you go. You have yeah. the, well, you have the hardcover, the original I, version, which I yeah, re-released yeah. it, and that's a that's a limited edition, so it's worth yeah. like a dollar. I got you to now. Si- yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you to sign. Well, this and uh, this and a dollar will get me a cup of coffee. Exactly. Right? Or, or it's a good a good place a good place to put your coffee because it's a hardcover. So. <laughs> yeah, and this, this right. was this was the. Can you see me? This was the re-release. Yeah, yep. this is it of, of the book here. Um, you know, new cover, new artwork, and, and so on. So uh, it's pretty awesome, and uh, I'm excited. This updated. Has been, yeah, a little updated. I didn't change in that much. I did add some stuff on to the very end of it, you know, some additional information. Um, but uh, this book, I have to say, has brought me all over the world. I mean, I've met so many great people because of it. I've traveled to Australia because people have read it and then invited me in to speak. I've been to England. So, uh, it, you know, that kind of venue for me, uh, this book has been really, really, uh, you know, unbelievable. And uh, And you know what? It really helps a lot, a lot of people, and I'm excited about it. I mean, it's still available if anybody's interested, but uh, maybe we could do something cool, give it away. Uh, yeah, oh, and here's the deal. <clears throat> I just want everybody to know, the listeners understand, that uh, I uh, was trying to come up with a topic today. You and I kind of, you know, we'll, we'll shoot stuff back and forth, and I just want everybody to know, total transparency, Allie did not say, hey, let's do a topic out of my book so I can sell my book. Uh, I actually was like, you know what? Let's do this topic out of your book, yeah. and that's when you said, "All right, we'll do it." So, yeah, uh, cool. I just want to be totally transparent that uh, we didn't come up with this so that you could sell your book. Although, if people yeah. want to get it, um, we can tell them how to get access to this book, and we can also put a link uh, on this uh, post and then also onto uh, schoolandtalk.com so that people can get access to that as well. Yeah. Um, 
anything you want to say before we get into it? No, no. I, I wanted to say, you know, it's interesting. You're a writer as well. How many books have you written? Four or five? I have four, and then I have another one that I co-authored with uh, Dan Kennedy. Yeah, it's incredible. And, I mean, I've written five books now, and um, it's just – and to some extent, people look at you when you write a book as, as an authority, right? It doesn't matter. It, you could write a book, and inside it could be just letters. You know, it doesn't even have to have cohesive sentences, and you could publish your own book nowadays, right? But once you say, oh, I've written a book, you know, hey, look at me, you know, a lot of people will look at you differently, like, you know, like you're, you're smarter or um, more, more successful. Uh, however, um, I, I just – I think that if I, you know, I like to write and share my thoughts and, uh, you know, even on my blog and, and, you know, like you, you and I do on our podcast, just so that we could help people. And that's what really this is all about, you know, helping people, helping school owners. And that's why I originally wrote my book. It was just all about trying to get people to understand that, you know, it's the info, info's out there, just learn it and read it and study it and do it. And that, that's why this topic, you know, that you brought up is, is, uh, is available. Yeah, so let's get into it. On, uh, and by the way, if you have the original book, um, I just want to say that the topic that we're discussing is on page uh, 68. Uh, so if you have the original hard copy. Uh, Allie, on your new one, the re-released one, what page is it on? It's still the same page, actually. Okay. All right. Perfect. Yeah. So number one, number one is uh, of the, 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 the top five, or I should say five of the biggest marketing mistakes. Number one is uh, to, stro- to stop trying to reinvent yourself uh, or right. reinvent the wheel. Excuse me. Reinvent right. the wheel. So, Allie, right. let's, uh, I guess I should be asking you, you know, what, is, what do you mean by that when you say stop trying to reinvent the wheel? Well, I, I think with anything, but, but especially in the martial art industry, we as martial artists want to um, always put our stamp on things. In other words, we, you know, we, we could get a topic, a, a piece of information, a PDF file, and rather than just taking it as is and, and disseminating and giving it out to our clients or to our staff or to whatever, most martial artists like to take it, pick it apart, change the words, give it a new title, change and tweak some of the things and make it their own. Now, they do this most of the time without really even considering whether it's going to make it work or not work, right? They just want to put their stamp on it. In their head, they go, hey, I'm going to do it, but I'm going to do it my way, right? And I found that a lot of times by doing this, and and I've heard this, and you've heard it, Dwayne, when we coach people, well, in my area, it won't work. Or in my school, we don't do it like that. Or in my city, you can't charge this much, do that way, write the, you know, and, and they have all these pre- conceived notions that it's they're special their area is special and that they shouldn't that they they shouldn't allow it to be one way right and that's proven to be totally incorrect when starbucks opens up from new york to to chicago to you know to whatever they're the same wherever they go like it's the same drinks the same logos the same colors the same branding so what I mean by that is don't always change it. Don't try to always reinvent the wheel. Some, if someone has a proven method and a system that works, use it, you know, and don't, right. don't and try to change it. So let's give an example. Um, if you get an ad, let's say, you know, uh, one of your ads that, that, you know, you give out to your clients uh, and they say to you, well, uh, I mean, of course, if you say anything in your ad about ninjutsu, um, I, I'm going to take that out. That's a given. Right. But that's not what right. we're talking about here. Um, but you've actually, let's say, uh, you know, I say to you, well, I don't have um, black uniforms. 
And right. so there's a picture of a kid with a, or an adult or whatever with a black uniform. But <clears throat> if you've tested that and you actually know that that particular picture works better than another picture or right. five other pictures that you've tested, and I uh, just go ahead and change the picture, the ad will not pull – um, and I'm using this as an example. But yeah, the ad and it's, will not, it's, a great, it's a great example, by the way. Okay, so the ad will not uh, pull the way that it did for you, and I'm, therefore I'm right. not going to get the same results, and then I'm going to go, you know, Allie, this ad doesn't work uh, and, in and, my area. And, and, exactly. And here's a, here's a really good way to, um, to clear this up, right? So I get this all the time. I build a website, and people say, I don't wear black uniforms. And I go, okay, but there's like, you know, a few black uniforms, a few white uniforms. So we, we only wear uh, orange uniforms. So I go, unless you have good pictures, let's just use the white uniforms. Because a, a, a brand new person is not going to say, I'm going to join your school, Dwayne, because you wore the white uniforms, right? They might go, hey, cool, it's cool you're wearing orange uniforms. Maybe I want to get an orange uniform. But they're not going to not call you because of the color of the uniform. They're not going to dis associate themselves with you because of the uniform color. They're just seeing the visual. They're reading the copy, and then they're getting the feeling, and then they're moving into the next phase, which is the phone call, the email inquiry, the, the sign-up online. Mostly uh, those little things are only in the martial artist's head because, you know, they know, hey, listen, my guys wear white uniforms, you guys wear black, or these guys wear black. But that, no one on, online typing in looking for a karate school is looking for uniform color. Right. So so that's where a lot of times these changes. Now, here's one other thing though. we when I build a website and I put a picture up, the picture is not just a picture that I snapped off the Web or found. The picture is a picture of the emotion that's written in the article. So if it says in our school, the kids have fun and a great time and I have a picture of a kid on the floor crying that's not going to give the same the same connection to the article, right? But if I have a kid throwing a punch, doesn't matter white uniform, black or orange, smiling and happy, the parents are going to go, oh, wow, I want my kid to smile and be happy like that kid. They're not going, but in a black uniform, right? So sometimes we tweak the wrong things just to have control. And that's why I say don't reinvent the wheel. That happens on my, um, my, my um, referral program. I have a whole entire referral program laid out, and people will look at it and go, oh, this is an awesome idea, but I'm going to change this reward. I'm going to change that gift. I'm going to change this thing. And then all of a sudden, they go, but it didn't work that well. Well, maybe because you changed everything, right? And that's why. Right. And the, the analogy, another one more before we move on to number two is, you know, if <clears throat> in order to bake the cake, it calls for um, a, B, C, and D, and you decide right. to go, you know, I just, I don't have enough of D, so I'm not going to go to the store and get it. And you only yeah. put a little bit of D, D in, you know, then uh, your cake isn't going to turn out as good. So Absolutely. That, that needs to be taken consideration. Absolutely, yeah. So, and and by the way, if you are, let's just, you know, if you are going to change something in an ad, maybe you need to really um, look and see and ask uh, why, this thing was in the ad or wasn't in the ad that you want right. to uh, add or subtract prior to doing it. Because sometimes mm -hmm. when you buy, buy different uh, ads from different places, uh, you know, be it, you know, through your program, right, or through whatever, um, yeah. you, you, don't, you don't know the, uh, uh, the whys and the hows that have happened prior to that ad reaching you. And so by yeah. changing those certain things, you, you could be uh, 
you know, really hurting your business by doing that. So yeah, if you want to change something, look into it first. And, you know, Jay Abraham, who's a very, you know, superly amazing uh, marketing genius, a guru, right? He, um, he would make his living at reanalyzing people's marketing campaigns and just doing minor tweaks and then testing the results. And then if it worked well, he did it more. If it worked less, he changed changed direction, right? And then quite often he'd work enough to get it to the point where the ad was performing amazingly. Now, here's the biggest mistake martial artists do too, is they, they don't tweak, they get rid of and change. So let's say you and I ran an ad and it said 1999. Maybe the next tweak, if it doesn't work, is to try a different price range with a different offer, but not change the entire ad, or maybe keep the offer and change a picture and see the results. There, there's minor tweaking on an ad to make it go. Once you get it to work, then you found the magic formula, right? And that's where a lot of us, we're not in that martial art head where we're not a marketing you know, company. So, um, you know, a lot of times that, you know, you have to be consistent and you have to be strategic as far as changes, but you don't want to go, that ad didn't work. I'll just run another ad. Right? Because well, the rule of thumb, yeah, the rule the of thumb is you only, yeah, the rule of thumb is you only change one thing at a time. Be it the headline, right. be it the picture, be it the offer, or, or call to action, or whatever it is. Right. You only change because that's the only way that you can honestly test it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right. Number two. Number two is use systems that are proven. What do you mean by that? Use systems that are proven. Well, I, I think again, this is ties into the first topic we just talked about is knowing things that work and utilizing them, right? So for example, um, everyone in the industry, you talk to 25, 30 different successful people, they may have different ways of getting at the same end destination. So in other words, we all want new students or we all want to keep our students. And um, I may do something different than you, but we may have similar results. We want to keep the students. We do fun things. We, we follow up, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you have to have a system that works. In other words, we just don't want to have a system for the sake of having a system. I'm finding out now that, you know, years ago, I had many steps to a different, uh, maybe a system, and there's 27 steps to it. And then quite often I would miss a step or two, and it wouldn't work as well as I would want it to. So sometimes you have to just kind of thin it out and make it so that you know those four steps instead of the 10 steps um, are working well. And, and again, it goes back to tweaking and seeing what creates emotion, right? So, um, for example, you know, how, how do you get, uh, how do you, how do you do retention? Like, what are your retention tools in your school? In my school, I have a perfect attendance reward system. For the little kids, we do sticker rewards. We have all this other stuff. Um, that we do on a regular basis, you know, we do, we miss you letters, we miss you calls, we, we stay on top of the students in class and make sure they're progressing. There's a bunch of different things that we use, but that's all basically in our retention system. So you have to have a system for it or else you'll do it one week and miss it the next. You'll do it next month, you'll forget about it the next if you don't have a step-by-step congruent system. Yeah, and that could be even as uh, as small as at after XYZ marketing campaign, you, um, or while it's going on, and then afterwards, you, like what you talk about, you have a journal. Um, you mm-hmm. talk about, uh, you know, journaling those things, that you journal about it and see what worked and what didn't work. And, and right. that's really how you, uh, you know, that that's really how we should create our systems for these marketing campaigns because it gives us the uh, uh, the, the numbers and the metrics to be able to uh, decide what, needs to be in the system and what doesn't need to be in, into the system. So, right. But if you're already given a system from somebody, you know, you buy a marketing program, you know, 
<clears throat> or given something from somebody, then I think you should follow it, but also document things, you know, journal about it so that everybody has that, if that makes sense. Well, well, that's basically uh, the opposite of what that old saying is, the definition of insanity, repeating the same thing over and over again, expecting it to have different results or expecting for it to change. You know, like if I, if I wash my face with searingly hot water and burn my face every time, but expect the next day to do the same thing and it not burn, I mean, there's something wrong with me, right? You know, if I put my finger in an electric uh, outlet and I get shocked, I don't do it again and, and expect not to be shocked. You have to learn from your mistakes. However, in business, not, and not just martial arts, but in business in general, many people repeat the same mistakes over and over and over again, even though that they know they're not supposed to, but they're just caught up in this minutia of the day-to-day, -day, and they always are going like, oh, I forgot, I, I sh and that's what my event journal is it's so that it reminds me next year when i do that event again what mistakes i made because if i forgot i made those mistakes most probably i'm going to make them again but if i have a, a document that says don't do this this is what happened when you did that and here's some good ideas for the future i could make it better the next time around right and to be quite honest with you uh for me and I'm, i know you too marketing is an event so when you're oh, marketing yeah. for uh, your summer special or whatever, your your summer camps or whatever, those all need to have systems uh, yep. in place because you're going to do those every single year. Anything that you're right. going to do repeatedly, whether it's every day, every month, every week, every year, whatever, th those all need to be systematized. Right, right, exactly. All right, number three. Uh, I, I love this one. Uh, I think a lot of people get this wrong. Um, so anyways, Number three is don't be uh, penny-wise and dollar-foolish. Don't be penny-wise and dollar-foolish. What do you mean? Well, here, here's a really good example. I have friends that open schools, right, and they are on a shoestring budget. So they will cut costs everywhere just to get open. And then, um, then they may have a school that doesn't look professional, and they – in their minds will say, I'll fix it later. Um, but when the initial people come in, they're turned off to the way that school looks, and then they don't join. So cutting costs it hurts you in the long run. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, you have to spend all your money on a certain thing or do everything a thousand percent, but I'd rather see my clients do things, uh, if they had 10 things to do and they had a budget spread out at $10 per, per item and totaling $100, i would rather maybe see them spend $20 or $30 on three items or $20 on five items rather than watering it all down and doing 10 items for, um, you know, $10, if that makes sense, right? So when I, when I help someone build a brand new school, I love it because I love doing martial art renovation <laughs> and build the brand. So if I built a school out, even on a shoestring budget, I could focus on things that are the most important because I know what catches people's eyes. I know layout and color and all that stuff so that when the client walks through the door, the, the, they're ready to sign up based on, um, based on the way the school looks, right? So I suggest to people not to, you know, buy the cheapest uniform, take the cheapest ad. You know, do a flyer and photocopy it rather than spending an extra 50 bucks or 100 bucks to have it professionally designed. This is a perfect example. One of my clients in Australia, um, we worked very hard on professionalizing all their advertising and, and promoting their school by 
really creating an image. Like, for example, we're doing a seminar on X, Y, and Z, or, you know, building a story around that seminar so that people could connect to the seminar and the event and it create a reason for them to want to go to it, right? So um, we wanted to create this really nice presence, and that's where putting that extra money into the design and making a professionally printed high-quality flyer versus quickly making something on the copier and then just handing it out to people, there's going to be a difference in the results at the end of the day. Does, do you agree? Totally. Yeah. So, so where we should ask ourselves, the listeners should ask themselves, where are they, where are they cutting corners that are probably da- damaging to them? Or where can they, um, where can they double up and maybe cut something out, but put more into this other thing and make that thing that much better? They'll probably have better results by doing it that way. Yeah. Okay. So here's an example. Back in what was it, 2008, where you know the market crashed or whatever, and everybody was really cutting their advertising budget. Yeah. Um, in in the martial arts industry, and we'll get into, and I, I'm I'm gonna tell everybody, uh, in in a, in a few moments, what your marketing budget should be, meaning percentage wise with with right. regards to your gross income. But anyways, um, I, I there 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 were so many schools, especially just even in my area, that I wouldn't even see anything anymore. I wouldn't see any, any anything in the newspaper, right. um, um, or anything. So. I kept my budget the way that it was. In fact, I actually spent a little bit more on advertising at that time um, only because uh, nobody else was doing it. And right. I still kept the mailers going out. I still did the uh, ads in the newspaper, um, you know, obviously everything that I was doing online with Google pay-per-click and, and Facebook ads and those type of things. But I didn't, um, I didn't do that. I didn't cut back on my marketing just because I cut back in other areas, you know, so that I could make things work. Um, right. You know, one of the things was I, re- I renegotiated my, my lease. I renegotiated my rent, um, mm-hmm. and, 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 and that helped out dramatically. Um, but I, 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 you can't cut um, the marketing budget to bare bones because you, you just, you know, it's kind of like the um, – I heard uh, – who was it uh, – uh, I, I think he's Grandmaster now, at the time, Professor Hafner, Keith Hafner. Right. And he had told a story one time that resonated with me that, uh, you know, he was talking about the uh, uh, the, the bicycle shop. And right. the bicycle shop in the middle of the winter, you know, uh, like, I don't know if it's two brothers own it or whatever. But anyway, the two owners, they got together and they're like, you know what, we saved up money, you know, because they put money away over the winter so that uh, they have money over the uh, or that you know, over the good time, they they save up money so that in the winter time they they can use that money to to spend, you know. And they were like, you know what, we don't have a lot of business right now. It's not our season. Why don't we just pull back on the marketing, um, and uh, save some money on the marketing? And so that's what they did. Well, come you know early spring when that was supposed to be a busy time, it wasn't flooded. People weren't coming in like they normally do. And they had to stop and think about that. Well, what was it? It was the fact that they didn't do consistent marketing. Even, you know, they cut their budget when they should have cut their budget. So when their time came to actually flourish, they didn't get the rush of people coming in and buying, you know, new bikes for the season because they they were penny wise, but they were dollar foolish. And I think that's one of the best examples is, um, you know, even in the lean times, we still have to continue to do those things. Uh, you just have to be creative. If you do have to cut, you got to be creative on where you cut. Now, rule of thumb uh, with regards to percentages. I'm sorry, you were going to say something. 
No, no, I was going to say that, you know, quite often, though, we, we you know, when we're, we're cutting back on things, um, people right away will go to, like, for example, they'll go to their two biggest expenses um, with me. Uh, they'll say, oh, I pay you a lot to coach me, and um, my marketing budget is, is high, um, so I'm going to kind of, you know, times are tight. I'm going to cut, cut back. And I'm like, dude, that's probably the two worst areas because my job is to help make you money and help you grow um, as a coach. And, and the marketing job is to bring people through the door. So it's almost like I always say, think about your marketing as if it were an electric generator. And if you had it turned on as much as you do when you market very sporadically, okay, I'll throw some flyers out here. I'll do an ad there. If you had lights on in your building, it'd be on and off, on and off. You'd barely be with light. So you have to think of your generator, your marketing, your generation tool to bring in new students as a generator that powers your electric. You need it running all the time, right? You need to keep it going or else, you know, it'll shut the refrigerator off and the food will spoil or whatever. So you got to understand that marketing is a 24-7 365 day a year task. It doesn't have to be full fledged, a hundred of thousands of dollars being spent, but you always have to have some form of it getting out to the public to create this buzz so that your phone keeps ringing. And if it's leap year, it's 366. Exactly. So, uh, percentages and, and, and Allie, this, you know, you can disagree with me if you want. Um, you know, uh, we can do that live if you want to have a, a live yeah. fight about it. But yeah. uh, when, when you're opening up a new school, uh, your percentages are going to be a little bit different than a, a seasoned school with regards to your marketing right. budget. And here's what I mean. Um, I really think that when you're opening up a new school, 20% of your gross has to go back into marketing. Um, okay. Um, and then as, as time, as time um, goes on, let's say you're a seasoned school, you have 300 students, um, and, and I don't have time to get into everything. And let's say you have, you know, Allie's uh, re uh, referral program, lifetime referral program in place. Yeah. And, and, and a bunch of these other legs inside of marketing, your marketing budget, you know, I hold my quote fingers up like you always say, your marketing yeah. budget can then kind of decrease because you actually have more people out going out and doing more marketing for you with regards to your referral program and other other things with different businesses and, you know, the, uh, referrals that you're doing with other businesses and those types right. of things. They, that physically you won't have to pay as much money. So your marketing budget yeah. then can drop down to 18 to 15, you know, to 12 or whatever. But, but you've got to know your numbers in order to decide, you know, where you can bring that marketing budget down to. But absolutely in the beginning – you cannot be penny wise and, and dollar foolish because you yeah. need to keep on bringing individuals in those doors. I remember one program director said to me, she goes, I have so many leads that I follow up with that, you know, I don't have time to follow up with them. And, and I go, well, that's, you know, that's a high class problem. She's like, you got to stop advertising. I said, no, I'm not going to stop advertising. Yeah. You know, we're going to, you're going to, we're going to get through these leads, whether I got to pay somebody else to come in on when, when you're not here to keep following up with them or not. But we're not going to stop the the, the funnel. Right. The funnel is going to continue. Well, you to flow. see, you see, Dwayne, that's the typical mistake that you know an employee will make. Like for example, um, my employees would always say to me two things: one, um, there's way too much work for me to handle, so we got to hire someone new; or two, let's stop creating that much work. So in the regards to marketing, if more leads are coming in. 
Um, and then my answer would be, why don't we get more efficient at how we follow up on the leads and get them done? No, we don't need to add on people. That's just making your job easier or you're not willing to work harder. Or let's reorganize ourselves in a way where we could do better. And just a quick little pointer on, on marketing. I have a client that um, he gets about 10 to 20 leads a month on his website, right? So I'd always say, how are they doing? Oh, yeah, good. Hey, um, wait, 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 wait. Yeah. Please do me a favor. Clarify leads. Because, okay. well, and, and this is important because some people are going to hear that and go, oh, he only gets 20 leads. Okay. Yeah. Clarify well, that means how, people, how, that have, yes. people that have clicked the button, put their name in, and inquired about asking for a callback so they could come in and do a class. But you have them on your forms fill out more than just their name and Absolutely. email address. You have everything on there except blood type. Yep. I mean, that's exactly so we phone number, phone number, okay. exactly phone number, email, get back, you know, so that we could call and follow up and set up a solid uh, appointment. Okay. So, so, so again, it could be prospect or lead, you know, however you, we look at it in our funnel, right, of our, our sales funnel. But here's the interesting well, thing. Well, I, so I just, I just wanted, to, I wanted to clarify that because I don't want people to go, oh, on his website, so you yeah. get 20 leads per month. Well, hey, hey, I look at it and, and I hear that. Like I hear that, say, XYZ website company claims I'll get 60 leads. And I go, well, and, and here's, let me finish my story and then I'll tell you why that's such a joke because – this one client, I'm like, well, well, what's going on? You know, why aren't you signing more people up? Oh, the leads, they're, they're, not, they're not really good. Lo and behold, he just fired his program manager. She wasn't doing her job. He reached in the drawer, and there were hundreds of leads never called that they printed out that she never contacted. So, so you go to yourself like, well, if I had 1,000 leads a month and I didn't call them, or if I had 20 leads a month and I didn't call them, what does it matter? I'm still not calling them, right? And I can't sign up every single person. Of course, the more I got, the easier it would be, but I want to become really good at signing up the people that come in and doing well with it. So it's important for us to understand that, you know, we have to become better at what we do, and it's not always mass or, or you know, way more, it's about the quality of and how good we are at closing, right? So if I got five people a month and I closed all five, that's great. I'd love to get 10 and close 10. But if I'm getting 30 and closing two, there's a problem somewhere, right? And I need to get better at closing or signing up or getting them to come in. And quite often, school owners don't do that. They don't take the time to train to analyze how well they're doing and so on and so forth. So with that being said, it's really, really important not to allow ourselves to, uh, you know, to use things and, and not do them well. And that, again, that goes back to a proven system. Yeah, and I just wanted to clarify the whole lead thing, and uh, because there are companies that say, you know, I'll get you 100 leads per month or, or whatever. So, and we actually did one of our podcasts was episode 44. I just looked it up as you were talking. As I can get you 100 leads per month, we clarify um, what in in our book a lead is, a suspect, a prospect, and those types of things. So, if you want to go back and listen to episode 44, you can. Um, now, so let's move on to uh, number number four on um, you know the five biggest marketing mistakes that people make. Number four is do not do things halfway the first time. What do you mean by do right. not do things halfway the first time? Well, it, go, it goes by. And by the way, I just typed that in our Facebook post about where they where that one episode forty four was. But um, so here's a perfect example. Um, I I, I want to share with you. I. I I, I really want to share this, but I won't because I don't want it to cause any trouble. But um, there's a school owner in my area that literally still to this day, and by the way, he's not doing terribly, but because um, he's got this really weird cult following of people with him. But he literally write 
like with a Sharpie, he'll make a flyer, handwritten, not even like a computer, uh, or not even cut and paste and plug it in, literally like writing it down with your with his hand and make a flyer, and then that's what he uses, right? Or, um, you know, with throwing that out, there are many people that will do things halfway. They'll, they'll design something um, without a professional's help, and they'll get it done. For example, I, 90% of the websites that I go to, to the martial art websites, are terrible. And now I don't mean to the point where you get a professional company that has sales pages and scripts that flow through and all these technologies. I'm just talking bare bones where they say, I don't have a budget. I don't want to pay for a website. I could do it for free because, um, you know, this company or that company says all it is is a matter of me sliding and, pay, you know, and, and it's and it's costless, you know, no no cost or little cost, right? And then you make a website. However, that website is done so poorly, a consumer goes to three different websites. They see yours, mine, and the crappy one. Who do you think they're going to go to? They're going to go to our schools because in their mind they're going, the art must represent the crappy website. The ra- crappy website must be the way they teach. The, the way they, you know, and it may not even be true. Their school could be gorgeous. They could be the best teachers in the world, but their billboard, their website, their advertising is terrible. So they, they cut corners all the time to try to save a few dollars and, and they end up hurting themselves. And that's a major problem. So that, that's what I meant. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. And that's so true, right? I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's, uh, what is that, mediocre. You don't want to do things yeah. mediocre. Yeah, and, and I, I taught a seminar at one of my friends who you know as well, David Nemiroff. He's an Aikido master in, in PA, Pennsylvania. And um, I taught a seminar at his school for him, and I said, um, it's either mediocrity or mastery, right? You, the choice is yours, and you just have to decide and then put the effort forward. But you could, no one really chooses to be mediocre, I think intentionally or, you know, however, their efforts and their, their methodology to try to become masters sometimes brings them to becoming mediocre because they don't want to put the effort forward. Like, for example, right. I'll tell my kids, drop down and give me push-ups. Uh, 20 kids, you know, three of them will do a real perfect push-up. And the other three do what I call head ups, butt ups, you know, uh, you know, you know, rear ends in the air. Um, and they don't just barely move their arms and it's never going to make them stronger. Um, they're just going to be mediocre at doing push ups because they don't want to just do two perfect push ups. They want to do 20 really bad push ups, which doesn't help them at all. Right. Yeah. Right. So that's the difference. So we have to make sure when we analyze what we do, how we advertise, how we represent ourselves, how our brand is, we have to look at it and say, would a professional company market my company that way? Would they allow that to be my brand? Would they allow that look? I always say one last thing and we'll move on is that if I were to peer into a closed karate school storefront window and, you know, kind of look through with my eyes and see like, you know, cup in and look around, what would that message of that school be? I know it's karate because there's pads on the side. There's a Bob statue. There's a sword that says, you know, we will kill all our enemy or whatever. You know what I mean? You know, but, so I know it's a martial arts school, but what kind of school is that? Is it the kind of school I want to bring my child? Does it smell? It looks like it's dirty. Does it smell inside? Like, what is it that I need to do to, you know, to make that first impression? so that people are blown away by it and then make, because you do it once, you don't have to do it all the time. Right. Yeah. I, I, I fall back on the word, uh, remarkable. Yeah. 
you know, and, and, and so if you just take that word and you ask yourself that question with regards to your advertising before you put it out, be it online or wherever, you know, and is what I'm doing remarkable? Right. And I think that solves the problem. Yeah. Um, Number five, uh, number five, last one that we're going to cover today, and then that's to make sure that you are the consummate professional. What do you mean by that? Well, I I think we've led up, we've almost covered all of these five because some of them, they're so interwoven like a spider web, right? They kind of go hand in hand. But um, looking at, and, and here's the, Here's an issue. My school, and you've been to, to my, my West Isaac school, right? Did you go there? Or have you seen it, the, the, the lobby? It, it's absolutely gorgeous. Oh, yeah, it's I mean, gorgeous. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I have cafe tables. We have five, four monitors. We have a monitor with the logo and pictures scrolling. All my walls are done in this faux brick. We have our logos proudly, you know, put up on the walls. It, and it's, it's a retail store with um, hardwood floors and a carpeted area in the parents' lobby. Um, and it is without a doubt the one of the most professional looking schools I've ever been to. Um, and, uh, and I did it that way because I wanted, you know, I couldn't be a coach to just talk the talk and didn't walk the walk. So I invested like 10 grand into renovating my lobby. However, here's the problem. Sometimes though, people tend to think that because their parents sit there every day that every other karate school is just like mine. Right. So they think, hey, if, if, if Long Island and Jitsu Center does it, so does everyone else. I could pick up and move and go anywhere. They also think that about your curriculum, about how you market and so on. They just think that everyone does that. And it's a rude awakening for some of my parents that leave and go to another school, realizing they don't get perfect attendance awards. They don't get sticker system rewards. They don't get their promotions included for free. I could go on and on and on about what we do to be the consummate professional organization where everything is seamless. And and we make mistakes. Don't get me wrong. We still miss things. We still sometimes screw up. Sometimes things fall through the cracks. That happens. I try my best to put systems in place so that never happens, right? But um, my ultimate goal is to give them a Disneyland experience. And I don't mean that in like a kiddie ride. But when you go to Disney, they think about everything from the minute you pull in the parking lot to the music that's playing while you're waiting online to while you're in line and, and the fans are blowing mist on you to keep you cooled down um, to the music, to the soundtrack, to the smells, to the experience. Everything is well thought out like you would do in a movie. Right. And that's what right. we have to think about our school. Like why, you know, I give, I'll give you another really cool example. Music to me, I'm a musician. I play guitar and I was in a band and I sang my whole life. Right. So music has always been a soundtrack for my life. Right. So I bet you you could probably hear a song and you think it immediately brings you back to that specific time and era. And you could remember the memory, sometimes even taste the tastes and the smell. If you, when you met your wife or when you danced with like, when I danced with my daughter on our sweet 16, I listened to a Trace Atkins song every time I get teary eyed because we danced to it. And um, you're going to miss this is the song. And it brings me to tears because it's just such a powerful song for me and my daughter. So what is that experience that, that people feel when they come to our school? What is it that they feel when they train, the music that they hear while we train them that ties in? Like every black belt test I ever do, I run into the, the theme soundtrack of The Last Samurai. And, and it's playing quietly in the background. Every single test for the last like 10 or 15 tests that we've done over the last 10 or 15 years, um, it has that same soundtrack so that when people hear it, 
they feel that energy. They feel that, that you know, like the, they don't even know. Some of them have never even seen the movie, but they hear that drumbeat and the samurai thing, you know, and it's, it's just a cool way. So what is our soundtrack for life? What do we do to create this unbelievable customer service experience? And brand experience is important. Not, it's not about handing them a service and they hand us money. It's about creating a brand where people love being involved in it. Yeah, absolutely. And you're right. It's just, it's, it all starts with the marketing. Um, you know, it starts from, be it the, the website or the ad, you know, in the newspaper to radio to whatever it is. That's, that's where it starts. And, and so I appreciate you taking time to go through all five of those and sharing a little bit of a snippet of your book. I, I, again, I had brought up the idea about doing it. And, uh, now, Allie, if people want to get a hold of this book, um, that wasn't the premise of the call, but, how can they get yeah, it? Yeah, well, well, I think, Dwayne, I would, I would love to offer a copy. My book, by the way, is not a cheap book. It's uh, at $49.99. The reason why I charge more for it, and, and let me explain this because it, it, it's important, is it's not a book to just read and we walk away going, that was cool. It literally is a step-by-step business book where you could take it and learn about my referrals, learn about my, my perfect attendance, learn about all the different things and just plug them into your business. So it's like for 50 bucks, you get, you know, 200 and something pages of how to and actually and step by steps on how to do it. Some of it is philosophical. You know, these are the theories of marketing or these are the theories of retention. Um, but most of it has real hard evidence and systems that you could plug in. Now, um, I'd also love to offer people if they if they try out our program, and I don't know how we could do this, Dwayne. Maybe we'll put an offer when we put it up on our school owner talk. But maybe they try out our our program, the school owner next level school owner club. I'll throw my book in for free. Um, and uh, if not, they could just buy the book, and they could go to my website at a touch of zen dot com, a a t o u c h of o s zen dot com, and my book is right on there. Go under the Ali Alberigo products, and I'll send it right to you guys. But I'd love yeah, to you know have we can them try out our program. Yeah, you know what they can do is they can go to um, uh, the next level school club dot com. So if they go to um, what is it uh, ne- uh, n n l soc.com yeah so nlsoc so that stands for next level school owner club so nlsoc.com right. uh, there's a uh, 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 there's a video there that they can watch on what the program all entails and um you know any any level of the program that you choose to get on we'll we'll go ahead and give you uh the book at uh, no additional cost to uh, yeah. Allie will send it out send it send it out to you for free do we want to put a time frame on this? Do we want to say uh, that, you know, within a week, you know, people got to take an action for this week? Yeah, yeah, let's give them, let's give, let's do it, give it two weeks because I know this stuff gets replayed and people listen to it. So if we could give it two weeks, that'd be great. Okay, so today is the 15th of uh, May. What, 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 what would that be? I don't have my calendar so, up. So that, here we go. That by the end of the month, which would be May, let's say by May 31st. May 31st it is, so they have to uh, go to nlsoc.com. We'll put that on here, Um, and we'll also put it in the post on uh, schoolandtalk.com. But uh, go there, watch the video with regards to the different levels of the program, what it all entails, and then uh, whichever level they choose, they can get the book at no additional cost. Absolutely. And there are specials, by the way, that they can get this stuff for, you know, for a trial membership too, right, on the the site. So uh, I think – Right, they, so that they may even get even a better deal, right, and get a whole bunch of other things for free 
So it's just well, like the, free uh, yeah, giveaway. Yeah, there's some there's there's bonuses on there. So, but uh, right. all right, Allie, I appreciate your time, sir. Awesome, Dwayne. Thanks for asking, and I'm really excited. I'm happy, you know, to have this out there and have people look it up and and listen to it. Uh, so thank you. Yeah, and I, like I said, I wanted to cover the uh, the marketing aspect, and it's just uh, something that all of us, you know, are, are really hungry for as martial arts school owners. So right. I wanted also that everybody understand there are some mistakes, and we got to make sure that we don't cross these pitfalls. So, um, awesome. and then I just want to remind everybody you can uh, subscribe to our podcast, go to schoolownertalk.com to get more information about that, whether you have an Android or a Apple device. And then, hey, there are a couple of webinars that are still on there: the summer webinar, meaning you know how to market yourself for summer, and then uh, we got another free webinar up there that's uh, Discover the Six Steps to Implementation. Uh, if you're looking to know how to actually get crap done, that webinar will teach you how to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome, Dwayne. Right, Thanks Allie, so thanks. much, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye, everybody. Yes, sir.